uh, praising the Lord. Again, thank you all for being here. So many visitors. I don't even know what to do with myself this morning. Man, this is fantastic. I might be a little bit nervous. Um, But it's great seeing you guys. So we have made it, okay? We have made it to the end of our passage through the book of Psalms. Um, no, we did not do all 150 verse, uh, 150 chapters. If you're visiting, uh, but we have done. I think this is week 25. Um, so we picked 25 of them, and uh, and we are done um, today. Uh, starting next week, we'll do a four-week series um, called Grow. So you're welcome to join us. Love to have you. And then after that, through the rest of the remainder year, we'll do the Book of Ephesians. Uh, but if you'll turn with me to Psalm 150, that's where we are, the last one. And again. Alleluia, which is, can be spelled different ways, um, means God be praised, um, to praise the Lord. And I'm going to tell you, and, and I see a, a few former students in here. we got Taylor, we have Alex and Gerald back there. So they've probably heard this story before. I'm sure they have. Uh, and even those who, who are not former students probably heard it. But um, I used to be a basketball coach, of course, and, and um, we lost in, this, in the game before state three times. And that's tough when you get that far, and you but you but you don't win. Um, in 2013-14 season, so it was February 2014, we were playing Hawthorne at home in the regional finals, and and I woke up that morning, and Sally had left a, a note for me on the coffee at the coffee pot. I used to get up early and and, and go really early uh, to school because I was teaching English too, and uh, and it said it's, it's your turn now. Um, and I was like, whew, I was already emotional from the get from that morning, you know, and I probably cried, cried five or six times that day. And, uh, and then we, we end up, um, we end up winning, uh, against Hawthorne that night and going to state. And there was a picture. It's one of my favorite pictures of me as a coach. I don't know who took it. I don't know if Aaron or Sally, I don't know who did, but, uh, we are cutting down the nets, which we found out later we weren't supposed to do. Uh, a weird thing that the state would say you can't cut down your own nets that I bought. But anyway, um, but we were all cutting a little piece, and I was the last one. And I and I'm just like like you know just just complete just um, jubilation and joy because uh, we finally made it. You know, um, and, and so I was just like I was I was praising I was praising the Lord. Uh, you know, the thankful that, you know, God allowed us to win. And, and obviously we don't win every game in life. Uh, ironically, two years later, we, we play again against Hawthorne in the same game, and we win again. So we got to go to state twice. And that one's funny because it's actually on YouTube. It's funny because my assistant coach, uh, Malcolm Pollock, who's now the head coach at Swanee, um, he does a praise dance uh, after one of our guys makes a shot. Uh, with about 30 seconds left, it's it's hilarious, um, and he he just can't control himself, and he's like literally stomping. All right, he makes a shot, and they call timeout, and he's literally like, you know, and he's just stomping. And I'm like, did you really do that during the game? It's uh, it was pretty funny, but he was just so excited, and we were just uh, it was like a little praise dance as we were praising the Lord for making it. But it was a great time, and and we had to stop and praise the Lord, but. Uh, and, and that was kind of my intro to the idea uh, that has nothing, that's not even close. Uh, and that was a great feeling. It was. It was a wonderful feeling. But that's not close to the, to the joy in my heart knowing that Jesus took my place. Amen? That Jesus took my place. That's, that's the gospel. Jesus in my place. It should have been me, but it was him. And I'm just so thankful and grateful for a God who would give his son for me for that. Amen? 
Uh, and so um, today, uh, in the in Miss Rhonda knows I kind of jump a little bit. I try. I'm gonna try to be good today, Miss Rhonda. Um, uh, but it, on the screen, if you try try to follow with us today, uh, the central statement is in the 150th Psalm. There is a what, a why, a how, and a who of worship. And so let's jump right into it. If you're taking notes, um, we're looking at the what. Okay, so what is worship really? Like what is it? So if you were to define it, um, it's both a noun and a verb. The noun is the feeling or expression of reverence and adoration for a deity, okay, for God. Uh, the verb would be to show reverence and adoration for a deity. Um, and hopefully you've already done that today. All right, you've already you, you've you've enjoyed the music, and again we thanks thank you Alex for always playing for us when you do, and we really appreciate that, and um, for for Bailey for reading on the spot this morning, and, and Miss Rhonda back there, and Sally always leading. We we're so grateful for you guys. But uh, so that so that's what is worship, the, the, the definition of it. But what do we worship? Because see, we can worship a lot of things in in our world today, can't we? All right, uh, I mean a lot of stuff. Um, you know, I, I love football i mean i'm a basketball coach but i mean i play like i have like 11 fantasy football teams all right like brad will tell you i'm crazy all right um you know i i, I love that stuff and, and i'm all i listen to podcasts all the time and so it almost comes to be white worship or like you ever been to a florida gator game come on man i'm sorry if you're a seminole fan but uh i mean like it's 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 wonderful i can remember the first time that i, I took my roommate uh and my college roommate to a game and he was like he was a big georgia fan and He's oh, they're just a bunch of, you know, he said transplanted Yankees, which was so mean, which, you know, but anyway, and I'm like, uh, no, they're not, man. They're just good old people, you know, and he, we got to the game before he even walked, got to the stadium. He's like, man, these are really cool people. I'm like, what do you think they're going to do? I eat you or something? Like, I don't, you know, anyway, uh, but, you know, but college football can definitely border on, on some, uh, uh, on some worship, right? Can't we, I mean, it's, it, there's people very passionate about it. I'm sure there's some Bulldog fans in here that might be, uh, mad at me already. All right. They probably, I ain't never coming back to this church, but, um, but as, you know, in, as we look in the Psalms, um, we see that obviously God is the object of our worship. And if you look with me, just to, just kind of, if you have your Bible, if not, I understand. All right, but if you have your Bible, if you start with, with the last five chapters, look, look at Psalm 146. Just, just uh, humor me for a second, okay? Psalm 146, the first word is, anybody want to say it? Praise, or in, in my hallelujah. All right. It also ends with hallelujah. Look in chapter 147. The first word is praise or hallelujah in my, in my Bible, in the CSB, and it ends with hallelujah. Psalm 148, hallelujah, begins and ends with hallelujah. 149, starts with hallelujah, ends with hallelujah. Psalm 150, starts with hallelujah and ends with hallelujah. So it's like this big, uh, it's like a rush of excitement as we go to the end of the book of Psalms. And, and I know there are more lament or sad psalms in the book of Psalms. There actually are, okay? There are actually more sad psalms okay, than, than, uh, than others. But it's really cool uh, the way it's arranged, and I didn't even notice that until I did a study on it, that it ends with this rush of wave of excitement and praise to our, to our God. Uh, hallelujah, hallelujah. The last five chapters, like, hey, man, we're building this up, man. All right, and so I, I just get really excited, really pumped up. And so let, let's look at the first verse, Psalm 150, verse 1. Hallelujah. Praise God in the sanctuary. Remember, hallelujah means praise the Lord or to God be praised. Praise God in the sanctuary. Praise Him in His mighty expanse. The object of our praise is God. 
Deuteronomy chapter 3, verse 24 says, Lord God, you have begun to show your greatness and your strong hand to your servant. For, listen to this part. For what God is there in heaven or on earth who can perform deeds and mighty acts like yours? He's like, there is no other God who can do what you do, dear Lord. Praise him in his sanctuary and in his mighty expanse, it says in Psalm 150, verse 1. He is the creator of everything. The heavens belong to him. I can't even uh, comprehend that. And those of you who are my former students, you're like, yeah, that doesn't surprise me, uh, Coach. But anyway, uh, but I can't, even, I can't even get that. Like, it's just beyond uh, my mind. It says, praise him in his mighty expanse, the wide expanse of sky, with all its might and storms and weather. It's also a fitting place to praise God. Since the expanse stretches from horizon to horizon, it tells us that God should be praised in every place under the sky. Amen? I'm going to ask for amen, and y'all can show one out there for me if you want to, all right? Brad, all right. Uh, Kidner says, His glory fills the universe. His praise must do no less. What a challenge. That's a challenge to me. Challenge to my heart that, that I don't praise God enough. And as I was uh, working on the sermon, man, whoo, boy, God was really working on my heart, and, and, uh, and the Holy Spirit was really working on me and convicting me of of my uh, my tendencies of, uh, to praise God and not praise Him enough. So as we look at this idea of what I wanted to again define worship and make the point that true and authentic worship can only be given to the Lord of Lords and King of Kings, because He is worthy. Amen. I mean, I love sports, man. I love it, you know, and, and, and Michael Jordan, LeBron James. I mean, they're awesome, but they ain't worthy. All right? They're, they're, they're not. And anybody you want, even Tim Tebow for his Florida Gator fan, loving fans, all right? Uh, he, he's a good guy. He ain't worthy. All right? There's only one who is. Amen? All right? The Lord of Lords and the King of Kings, the Adonai, the Yahweh, holy, awesome God. Amen? And so, uh, look at one more verse before we go to the next to the next section here. Psalm 106, verse 1, Hallelujah, give thanks to the Lord, for He is good. His faithful love endures forever. We, I think we've actually referred to that verse a couple times uh, through this series. He is good, and His faithful love endures forever. So in this, in this last psalm, there is a what, there is a why, a how, and a who of worship. So now we've seen what worship is and what we worship, obviously God. Hey, let's look at the why. Hey, let's look at the why. Verse 2. Praise Him for His powerful acts. Praise Him for His abundant greatness. Does anybody in here like to get praise? Come on, be honest. We can raise our hand a little bit. Uh, you know, it was like the other day I asked my class, who in here thinks they're a pretty good athlete in anything, and they didn't want to raise their hands. Come on, you can raise your hand. It's hot. Okay, it's, I'm giving you permission today to do that. Um, I don't know. We, we kind of like that. You know, I feel like most of us enjoy being recognized whenever we do something good. I think that's kind of natural. But it, it means a good bit more to me whenever you are praised for the person you are, for the integrity that you have. I, I can tell you from, you know, I didn't know I was going to share, share the story, but again, uh, speaking of basketball, I can, uh, whenever the, we lost our last game in the state final four, the last game that I coached and, and, I, was re, and I retired, um, I, I, would always, I would always thank the coaches who, who helped me. I, you know, the coaches I got um, film uh, on from or I got scouting reports from, I'd always make a point to – call them the next day and say thank you you know thank you for helping me I, I appreciate that you know and uh, one of the things that that still um, uh, warms my heart and makes me just feel you know proud is that um, so many of them said kind of the same thing said oh coach Murphy I don't mind helping you out you're one of the good guys and and I, I appreciate that my coaching counterparts thought that of me because I tried to 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 live that in, in front of them so the idea is it's not just we're praising God for what he does, but for who he is. 
Look in that verse. Praise Him for His powerful acts. What He does, praise Him for His abundant greatness, who He is. So as we look at the why, um, that, you know, what has He done for you? I mean, we can have testimony time already. When I referenced Mr. Tommy that had a praise earlier, I'm like, you, you, that just goes perfectly with our sermon, right? how, God, how God works that out. Thank you for sharing. Brother, so anybody else have anything you want to say? I don't mind. You can, we, we, can, we can interject. I was always told I could, since we changed it to 10 o'clock, I can go to 12 anyway. So I'm just playing, man. Don't, don't run out of the church. I'm just playing. All right. Anybody have a praise? You're welcome to share. He's good all the time. And a lot of churches say that and repeat that, and it might become kind of rote and kind of robotic, but really it's true. God is good all the time, and all the time God is good. Amen. Thank you. I, I do feel like if you think about testimony time, uh, a lot of times it is like what God has done for me, which is fine, which I understand. I mean, that, that's fine. But I think sometimes we don't put enough emphasis for who God is as a, as a prayer. And God, holy, awesome, righteous, amazing God. I don't feel like we think about that enough. Or maybe that's just me preaching. I'm preaching to myself. Look in Psalm 145, verses 1 through 4. It says, I exalt you, my God the King, and bless your name forever and ever. I will bless you every day. I will praise your name forever and ever. The Lord is great and is highly praised. His greatness is unsearchable. Look at the attributes of God. He's great. He's highly praised. It's unsearchable. One generation will declare your works to the next and proclaim your mighty acts. And in Revelation 4, verse 11, it says, Our Lord and God, you are worthy to receive glory and honor and power because you have created all things. And by your will, they exist and were created. And that's a combination of, what, of who he is and what he's done as far as recognizing that praise to God. And, of course, uh, as we've already mentioned, and I, uh, I'd be remiss without saying that I think his most powerful act was giving his son to die in our place. I still i am amazed by that. The Psalms put emphasis, by the way, upon two things. If you've noticed through these 25 weeks, half a year of going through the book of Psalms, the fact that he is the creator and the fact that he is the redeemer. I don't know if you've seen that throughout the book of Psalms, but it's, it's hit very, you know, very often, the fact that he is creator and he is the redeemer. He is the only creator and he is the only redeemer. And he alone is worthy of our, of our worship. He is a jealous God and the praises belong to him. Amen? Think of all that he's done for us, and, and we can't help but worship him. And like we've already mentioned, you can't, I mean, you know, we got a baby on the way over here. We got, you know, a grandbaby on the way back there, you know, and, and, and that's awesome, you know. And my, my girl is turning 10. I can't believe it. All right, it's crazy. I'm not real excited about that. But anyway, stay little. Okay. Um, but, you know, I think about that. But then I also think of him being the only redeemer. And I remember back when I was 20 years old and, and, being in a uh, in the bathroom stall of a bar, and guys are saying, "What are you doing?" Right. And then giving my life to Christ. Shortly after that, He is our Redeemer. Right. We were on, we once were lost, but now we're found. Amen. We were blind, but now we see. Whew. Don't let me get excited up in here today. Right. The next, uh, as we, again, because in the 150th Psalm, there's a what, a why, a how, and a who. So let's look at the how. Psalm 150, verses 3 and 5, 3 through 5. Praise him with the blast of a ram's horn. Praise him with harp and lyre. Praise him with tambourine and dance. Praise him with strings and flute. Praise him with resounding cymbals. Praise him with clashing cymbals. 
Spurgeon says that there is a good reason to mention the trumpet first in, the, in this long list. Uh, the trumpet, he says, the sound of trumpet is associated with the grandest and most solemn events, such as the giving of the law, the proclamation of jubilee, the coronation of Jewish kings, and the raging of war. It is to be thought of in reverence, in reference to the coming of our Lord in His second advent and the raising of the dead. Second Samuel chapter six, verse five says, David and the whole house of Israel were dancing before the Lord with all kinds of firwood instruments, lyres, harps, tambourines, sistrums, and cymbals. That's when they were bringing the Ark of the Covenant back. Uh, into the city there uh, and then you know, people were mad at him you know, uh, his wife but he, he was they were dancing and, and playing all these instruments so basically it was all of the instruments that were the most popular ones during that same period like when I did a little study here I'm like well, is this important you know is it like it's got to be these no not necessarily it's just whatever they had they were praising God with it okay uh, now we might say praise him with the saxophone or the guitar or the drums which I learned the other day. One of my students likes both of those. And I was like, oh, okay. He likes to play. All right. Have you guys ever watched Jimmy Fallon Tonight Show? Anybody in here ever seen a Tonight Show? Okay. All right. So he does it. I'm going to show you this so so you, you have a, a picture of this. But there are times when him and his, and his band, The Roots, will get in the sound booth and they will play uh, a song with classroom instruments. And so I'm going to show you what I'm talking about. Or Miss Lyons wants to show you. Ringo Starr from the Beatles. song in like middle school or elementary school I think at a talent show I'm embarrassed to say alright you can you can go to the next one Mr. Run <laughs> So, but anyway, so have, have y'all seen him do that before? All right, it's kind of fun, uh, you know, when he does that. He's done some really cool things. But my, my point there was just use whatever you have. All right, like he was using, they were using all sorts of they toys, they are using everything to make music, and which makes an easy transition to, okay, so anybody here not not uh, musical at all as far as playing anything? All right. Uh, I mean, yeah, that's so don't feel bad, okay? So I'm including you as well, really everybody, because the point is that I think we can say that we can use anything uh, to praise the Lord. And so we use even our bodies. The, the, the word, the Bible set, tells us that. First Corinthians 10, verse 31 says, So whether, whether you eat or drink, whatever you do, do everything for the glory of God. What you do is a, is a song of praise to the Lord. Or this was one of my favorite verses for a long time, Colossians 3, verses 23 through 24. Whatever you do, do it from the heart. Work at it with all your heart, another translation says. As something done for the Lord and not for people, knowing that you will receive the reward of an inheritance from the Lord, you serve the Lord Christ. And that's why I always would say, you know, if I ever had, especially if I had like any of my youth or church members that are in my class, I would kind of kind of pull them to the side and like, you know, you don't have to be perfect, but you should probably be doing the best you can in everything okay based on based on the word here
So uh, play to the glory of God. If you're an athlete, play to the glory of God. All right? uh, whatever it is, use your instrument, okay, yourself, to make music and praise for Him. Because you wouldn't be here without Him anyway, right? J. Vernon McGee said the following about how we worship. And I couldn't, there's no way I could like reword this or paraphrase it, so I just want to, want to tell you about it. And I think it's on the screen. But he, had, he said there's three parts to the how. Prostration, adoration, and exaltation. And prostration means the bowing our hearts to God, the humbling of ourselves, not lifting up our own selves, but God, right? having that attitude. And we're going to talk more about that in a couple of weeks when we get to the R part of grow, uh, grow series. And then the next is adoration, just loving Him, loving God. McGee said, worship without love is like a flame without heat. It's like a rainbow without color. It's like a flower without perfume. That's lifeless. And then exaltation. There is nothing that gives dignity to man like worshiping God because we are doing what we are put on earth to do anyway. There's honor and there's dignity in that. A young guy once wrote the following love letter to his girlfriend. Don't do, do this, Brad, okay? Wrote this following letter to his girlfriend. I would climb the highest mountain for you. I would swim the widest river for you, sweetheart. I would crawl across burning sands of the desert for you, baby. P.S. If it doesn't rain Wednesday night, I'll be over to see you. All right. Okay. So, a lot of worship is sad to say like that today. It doesn't take much to keep us away from God at times. Yeah, might be an oh me instead of an amen. Boyce, uh, the commentator Boyce said, let's, let's be done with worship that is always weak and unexciting. If you cannot sing loudly and make loud music to praise the God who has redeemed you in Jesus Christ and is preparing you for heaven, perhaps it is because you do not really know God or the gospel at all. If you do know him, hallelujah. Ooh, those are strong words. Can we say that we can praise the Lord with our soul, with our very being? Psalm 103, verse 22. Bless the Lord, all His works in all the places where He rules. My soul, bless the Lord. Another, There's another saying. There's another one of these oh me. It says, some people go to church to eye the clothes and others to close their eyes. Again, kind of oh me on that one. Do we actually worship God whenever we attend church? Or do we go through the motions? I've been, I've been, I've, I admit I've done that. I've done that from time to time. I went to, I was going to Burnham, and I would, I mean, I would be so critical of everything, man. I don't like that song. All right, they played too many verses, you know, or whatever, and I, you know, and I would go through that, and I, I, I would just kind of like, I'm not even worshiping God, you know. Again, it's one of the reasons why we like to put our open altar time right before, uh, right before the sermon. You know, the altar's always open, or you can pray right where you are. But hopefully, it's a time where you can really think about all that God has done for us. And you've heard me say the Westminster Catechism so many times as we went through uh, the book of Psalms. But again, I'm going to read to you again. Man's chief end is to glorify God and enjoy Him forever. Glorify God and enjoy Him forever. Because in this last psalm, we see a what, we see a why, we see a how, and now we see a who. Now, we've already talked about who to worship, but now we're going to look at who worships. Look in verse 6. Let everything that breathes praise the Lord. Hallelujah. That pretty much covers it, right? You're breathing like Sally asked earlier. I think we all uh, just just breathed today. Okay, all right, then that's, that includes you then. Okay. Everyone and everything, this, this is a remarkably fitting conclusion to this psalm and to the entire book of Psalms. Everything that breathes should give its praise to the one who gave it breath. Every breath is a gift of God and praise is the worthy response we should make for that gift. 
John Trapp once wrote, or let every breath praise the Lord. We have all as much reason to praise God as we have need to draw breath. What a powerful statement. The Bible, by the way, tells us it's going to happen. We can either do it on our own volition, our own choice. All right, it's going to happen, guys. Philippians 2, verses 9 through 11. For this reason, God highly exalted him and gave him the name that is above every name, so that in the name of Jesus, every knee will bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to, to the glory of God the Father. Amen. Revelation 5, verse 13 says, I heard every creature in heaven on earth, under the earth, on the sea, and everything in them say, Blessing and honor and glory and power be to the one seated on the throne and to the Lamb forever and ever. It's going to happen. You can can do that with a regretful heart or with a repentant heart. Do it now or do it later, but it's going to happen. In the 150th Psalm, there's a what, a why, a how, and a who. And now Sermon 2. I'm just playing. Just playing. Conclusion. And the conclusion is a little different today, okay? Because um, I, I want to I want to go back and I want to touch on, I'm going to say just a little brief description of basically the central statements from all of the Psalms that we covered, okay? And I just want it to be kind of like a, an encouragement to you um, and, and a challenge as well. And if you haven't been here, then, then this is all 25 uh, sermons right here okay all right i'm gonna go real fast i already talked fast anyway right, it's like a couple weeks ago we had some we had some uh, a deaf uh, family like three deaf people in it and ethan was telling me to slow down all right he was like coach slow down because the interpreter was she couldn't she couldn't move her hands fast enough because i thought i was trying to but i still talk so fast all right but anyway here's a summary of what we've learned as we went through the, the book of psalms and in the first one and one the way of the righteous and the way of the wicked are contrasted. And then in Psalm 2, the ideas of kingship and speech are vitally important. We looked at speech and kingship. And then 8, Psalm 8, um, God's magnificence is manifested by His creation, the cheers of children, the censorship of enemies, and His concern for mankind. That was chapter 8. And also we did 2 and 8. Mankind is special because God has given us regard, refuge, and responsibility. That's also in chapter 8. And then in Psalm 13, through prayer to and trust in the Lord, your sighing can be changed to singing. That's a good word for maybe somebody here today. And in the 14th Psalm, when we honestly examine our lives, we will conclude that at least at one point in our lives, we are all fools. That was a heavy sermon that, that week. We are. I'm still one. All right. Don't say amen. All right, I was waiting for you, brother. That was your, tra- that was your, tra- your chance. And, and, uh, <laughs> and chapters 15 and 16, while, they were, while there were stones, there was also an empty tomb. And the progression of the 19th Psalm was, was as follows. We can know about God, we can know God, and we can know God personally. And then in the 23rd Psalm, a very famous, very popular one, is God your shepherd? We ask that question, is he, is he your shepherd? Because it's so popular and everybody says it all the time, but he really, is he your shepherd? Or you just know that you just happen to know it from Sunday school? And then the 24th Psalm, God is the rightful owner of the world and everything in it and is worthy of our praise and our obedience. Which goes right with, easily with this one today. And then we skip to chapter 34. We should thank God consistently for always attending to us. Thank him for being so good to us, even in the tough times. We should try and experience God and that should teach us to watch our words and ways because ultimately God is tuned into us. And then that was a mouthful. And then 
chapter 46, as a child of God, we can have the confidence to be still and know that He is our refuge, a very present help in trouble because He is with us. Amen? And then Psalm 51, if we are not vigilant when dealing with temptation, we will violate God's commands and the effects of that sin will be vast. And in order to be restored, we must admit our sin, ask for forgiveness, and have an attitude of obedience and humility. That was when David committed um, sin with Bathsheba and then he was confronted by it. And uh, then he he, uh, wrote that psalm. And then in the 63rd Psalm, our aim as Christians should be to pursue God passionately, to give praise to Him consistently, and find our peace in Him exclusively. I have to say, if Mr. Lewis was here, she'd love this, but I did not lose my Baptist preacher's card in this series. I have a lot of alliterations. My English teacher would be proud. And then in the 67th Psalm, there is a purpose of blessing, a plan of blessing, and then a prediction of future blessings. And then only a few more. In Psalm 90, we see God described. We saw grief displayed, and we saw goodness desired. And then according to Psalm 100, thankful people will sing, they will serve, they will step in a certain way, and they will see several things about God. And then we did Psalm 103 a few weeks ago. God's steadfast love, His hesed, steadfast love, benefits the individual, the community, and the whole population of people in many ways. And we looked at that. And then Psalm 119, is, if you remember, is the, you know, the longest chapter of the Bible. And it's all about what? Do you remember? It's all about the Word. It's just kind of neat. You know, the longest chapter in the, in the Bible is about the importance of the Word of God. How awesome is the Word of God? How can I increase my love for it? As we just kind of bounce through that because there's so many verses there. There's no way we could do all of them. So we just kind of bounce through those and, and then we just kept asking ourselves, how can we increase our love for it? And my hope is that you have, if I can get you as, a, as, a, as somebody in the, within the sound of my voice to understand the importance of reading God's Word, then I feel like I've done a, an okay job. And then Psalm 133, not only is Christian unity both good and pleasant, but it satisfactorily anoints, it heals, it welcomes, and it refreshes. And then last week, it was kind of like the National Sanctity of Human Life Sunday, but uh, Psalm 139, we are known by God presently, physically, and previously. And because of that, we should have passion for God, be proved and purged by Him, and pursue Him. Whew, what a ride. It's been 25 weeks, whew, half a year. Thank you for being patient with me. Thank you for always being patient with this guy who doesn't know what he's doing half the time. But I hope you have learned something from it. It's very interesting that the Psalter begins with the word blessed or blessed and ends with hallelujah. And as we've seen, there's, there's many sad psalms, and, and life can be that way at times. If, as we ask Alex to come on up here as we close, life is tough sometimes. Meyer said, your life, and I love this quote, so stay with me on this quote here. It says, your life may resemble the Psalter with its varying moods, its light and shadow, its sob and smile, but it will end with hallelujahs if only you will keep true to the will and way and work of the Most Holy. Will your life end with hallelujahs? Because it will be filled with all sorts of things, good and bad, but will it end with hallelujahs? Have you accepted the fact that Jesus died on the cross? that he rose on the third day. Have you accepted his payment for your sin? If you haven't, I encourage you to make that decision today. I'm here. Uh, if you want to talk, the altar is open. And if you if you are a Christian here today, and, and I imagine there's a, a lot in here, you have a relationship with Jesus, then, then what, are you, what are you going to do about that news? All right? Are you going to be more willing to share that good news? Good news. Gospel means good news. That's what it means. All right? You're going to share the good news with those you come in contact with today, tomorrow. I encourage you to do that as we sing. Sally? Hymn 320.